You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Here as we're in the, the last chapter of the Gospel of John, we find the culmination of all that the Lord has done uh, for us when he went to the cross and his, his love has been exhibited in that willingness to go to the cross. We end chapter number 20 with the Lord appearing to the disciples and this time Thomas was, was there. The Bible tells us in chapter 21 here that this was the third time. So Resurrection Sunday, the Lord appeared to the church on Sunday night. And so praise the Lord. Uh, then that following Sunday night, he appeared again uh, to the disciples and Thomas was there. Thomas missed it the first time because he wasn't in church. Uh, then, then when he came that second time, he, he was there and he got to witness the Lord and his presence there. We don't know how much time from that eight-day period to this third appearance, but we don't think it was very long. And in chapter 21, we find the disciples... They have quit ministry. They are, they are sidetracked very quickly. You know, we don't know what it is that will sidetrack our family. I don't know what it is that will get me out of serving the Lord. You know, that's why we have to give no place for the devil in our life. That's, we shouldn't give him a platform to work on in our life. And here when we look at this passage, we find, we find these men who had walked with Christ for three and a half years. And now that the Lord is gone, he's resurrected, they go back to fishing. And what a, what a tragic event that that was. Verse number 1 of John chapter 21, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to, his, to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise he showed himself. Verse number 3, it says, And Simon, Simon Peter saith unto them, talking to the other disciples, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. This was not just a casual fishing trip. When Peter was saying, I go a fishing, he went back to his previous occupation. He was, he was going back to how he made ends meet before. He was going back to the family business, if you would. Peter was, the Lord's gone. Now what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? How are we going to meet the needs that we have? And he said, I go a-fishing. You know, when you and I make a decision, our decision impacts other people. And here when Peter said, I go a-fishing, he said, the disciples said, we also go with thee. 
You know, we never leave alone. We never backslide alone. We never get sidetracked alone. You say, well, I'm not in any leadership. Everybody has an impact on somebody else. There are people that are watching you that you have no idea that they're even watching. It may be a sibling. It may be a child. It may be somebody in a Sunday school class that they, they came the first time and you smiled at them. And just that one interaction, when they come to church, they're looking, where are you at? Here are the disciples, they, they decided that they were going to go back to fishing. But with that, in the passage, we don't find the Lord addressing Peter's decision to go back to being a fisherman. He doesn't say anything about it. He doesn't look at the unfaithfulness of the others. He doesn't deal with faithfulness at all. He doesn't deal with commitment issues. He goes straight to the heart of the matter. And he looks at Peter and he said, Lovest thou me? You know, if we just stopped in the service tonight and each of us put ourselves in Peter's place and tried to hear the reverberating words of lovest thou me later he's going to say lovest thou me more than these and when we look at this we see that there was a love that Peter had for fish for fishing not against fishing, Matthew. It's okay. But that love for that fishing caused him to get off track. Can you imagine having a fishing day, Matthew? Can you imagine 153 fish? That, that is a haul. That's some kind of day, fishing. I mean, if you limit out, what's the limit? Seven? Is that right? Seven limit? Five limit? We're in California. And so uh, five's the limit, and here they got 153 in one haul. You say, how did they know there was 153? Because Peter was over there counting them, that's why. And here they're, they're looking at these fish, and the Lord looks at Peter, and he says, lovest thou me? More than these. I wonder what it is that gets ahead of our service and our love for our Savior. I wonder what the Lord would say when we look at our screen time on Facebook. 
and then say we don't have time to read our Bibles. Lovest thou me more than these? Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's exercise. Exercise has become a god in our country. Don't get quiet on me. I'm not against exercise. We've got guys that are doing exercise programs. Nothing wrong with that. Ladies doing them. Nothing wrong with that. But does that get more attention and time than we give to our Savior? If, Peter, if the Lord looked at Peter and said, Lovest thou me more than the fish? I think we could probably insert our hobbies, our activities, our allurements. And the Lord got down to dealing with the important area of love. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Brother Tracy and I were talking a little bit about that earlier today. Every decision, every action begins with a thought. It begins in the mind. And in the Bible, the word mind and heart, they're interchangeable. And here, when we look at it, the Lord is saying that the... The heart, the mind, uh, he said, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So I want you to go back, John chapter 21 and verse number 15. He says, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, when our love falls short. When our love falls short. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that's there. I pray that as we uh, stop and took your, uh, this, the Lord's Supper tonight, and uh, Lord, as we look at this uh, passage of Scripture, I pray that our, our minds would be challenged. I pray that uh, each person would allow the Spirit of God to just work in our hearts and just uh, help us, Lord, to see and to sense uh, things that we might need to do, some changes that we might need to make. Uh, I pray that our love for you would grow because we've been in your house tonight. I pray the Spirit of God would convict and help us, not just to get convicted or to get frustrated or to get upset, but help us, Lord, to allow the Spirit of God to do a work in our heart and, and to better us and to help us grow in our faith. So may you work now, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. I wish I could say that my love never changes. I wish I could say that my love level is always on top. That that, le that love was established and it's stable and it never goes anywhere. Uh, that it was, that it was uh, just where it needs to be. But the reality is that our love, the expression of our love, the passion of our love, it's not always the same. The love for your spouse is not always the same. It doesn't mean that you don't love them all the time. But the level of that love shifts. 
There are things that come in and occupy our time. And that, that sense of who they are and the place that they have in our life and the value that we place on them, it's not always the same. The love for spouse and family and grandchildren, church, friends, a job, a career. It doesn't mean that we stop loving, but there are some times that we are more attuned to that love that we have for the object of that love. We're more mindful. We're more aware, especially at anniversary time. <laughs> uh, we are more expressive. Uh, we are more loving. But it's not just something that happened here with this group of people that truly loved the Lord. They were following Him. But their love waned. Their love, the focus of that love had shifted. Just yesterday I was out knocking on doors and talking to people about the Lord. And as I was walking and knocking on doors and talking to people, and as I would talk to people, my, my just sense of love for the Lord, I could just feel it grow. I could just, because I was in tune with what I was doing, it was talking about him. It was telling other people about him. And so in that conversations and those conversations and in that activity, there was a sense of love that I had. I, I was just, start, I started bubbling over. I was, I was telling people uh, that I had never seen, uh, but uh, just talking about how good God is and, uh, and what he does and how he transforms a life. And the more I talked about him, I mean, I was, I was just enjoying uh, loving the Lord. And it was, it was just a blessing. And, you know, our love is that way. When we stop and think about it, we stop and think about the person, the object of our love, it helps us to, uh, to heighten that love. And it's, uh, it's in focus. But in our text, we find the interaction between the disciples and the Lord. He only records the issue of Peter's love. Now, he may have had conversation with the other disciples, but it's not recorded for us. But what we do know is the Lord looked at Peter he looked at the one that others were following and he said, hey, listen, we need to deal with this thing called love. We need to deal with the love that you have for me. And so this, this, this question was a question that was very pointed. He said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me. He was talking to one person. Have you ever been called on the carpet? Peter was being called on the carpet. And now he's being called on the carpet and the Lord looks at him and just so nobody else is, is confused on who he was talking to, he calls him by name, he points out what the issue, and he said, lovest thou me. Now, 
I am sure that Peter would be able to say, yeah, Lord, I love you. And that was his response. But there was something that Peter was doing that did not convey that love. You know, our idea of what love is doesn't mean that the object of that love feels that love. And just because we think that we love does not mean that they feel loved. Husbands, you've been there? <laughs> you love your wife, but she may not feel like you love her. The reality is there, but there was something in an action, maybe busy and filling your mind and your schedule with things that did not include her. All of a sudden now, there is a doubt on that love. Where do I fall into the, the uh, task list? Where do I fit in on your calendar? Uh, years ago, uh, with, when we shifted over to Google, uh, well, I, before it was Outlook, but uh, we have Google calendars. Now uh, we have shared calendars. Uh, and so uh, sometimes Deb will put her, she will put something on my calendar so I know that I'm spending some time with her. Uh, and uh, it is, it's a way, and you know, when I see that, that just lets me know, hey, something's not quite right. There's something that's out of whack. If she's, she's trying to put something on my calendar, uh, that, that is a flag to me saying, hey, I need to make sure that I am being a little bit more attuned uh, to, to her and the needs that she has. And so I want to just help us tonight. We're not going to get into deep uh, theology tonight, but I just want to help all of us because... When we look at this question, this question was asked, and he has preserved this question for you and for me. It doesn't stay in Peter's court. This needs to be in our court. This doesn't mean just that, well, he, he dealt with this with Peter. Uh, no, he preserved this conversation so we could recognize that we also are supposed to be loving the Lord. And our love for him needs to be not just what we feel like we should give him. It should be what he deserves and expects to where he feels that he is loved. He looked at Peter, lovest thou me more than these. Now, why did he do that? Why did he ask Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Uh, the reason is, if you are not where you are supposed to be, you are where you are not supposed to be. I've made that statement before, but the reality was, Peter was not where he was supposed to be. And when you are not where you're supposed to be, you are where you're not supposed to be. And, and with this, there was, there was a decision. He had placed himself. It wasn't that, that fishing was a sinful thing. There's nothing wrong with fishing. But let me tell you, there are a lot of things that there's nothing wrong with that takes us away from the Lord. And as believers, we've got to recognize that the Lord is watching. And he expects there to be a love for us. You know, we used to have time uh, to serve him. We used to have time to go soul winning. We used to tell people about him. Uh, we used to go to care homes, and we used to go to uh, work on bus routes, and we used to sing in choir, and we used to go tell people about the Lord. And, and you know, we have filled those times with so many different things that now we don't have time to do any of that. And we're doing so, things that might not have anything that's wrong 
but we're also not doing the things that we should be doing. There is a replacement that's taken place. You know, we use this term, it's called re replacement theology. How many of you have heard that term before? Replacement theology is you get saved and, and as, as the Lord is bringing conviction into your life uh, and you start changing things, you give up one thing, you have to replace it with something else. Why? Because if you don't replace it, there'll be a void that's there. I remember when uh, when we uh, uh, when we got saved, uh, my dad he dipped he dipped skull, and he would always have a dip in his lip. And I remember as a eight year old boy, I started dipping, and uh, uh, he was he grabbed he had a three finger uh, grab of skull. He put it in his mouth. I had no idea what he was doing. He put it into his lip. Uh, for, and this was, the, I think, the first or second time I'd ever met him. Uh, and we uh, took mom. She was getting her hair done. I'm sitting in the truck with him. And uh, anyway, he puts a dip in his lip, and that wintergreen smelled good. And I said, wow. I said, can I have some? And he said, sure. He held that can of dip out. I grabbed three fingers. I put it right up on top of my tongue. I got so sick. It was terrible. I'm swallowing. I have no idea that you're not supposed to swallow. Uh, and I'm swallowing it. Uh, and, you know, that cured me for a little while. Uh, and so quite a few few years it cured me. Uh, but, you know, uh, with that replacement, uh, Pops, when he got rid of that, he ended, up, uh, uh, he ended up getting Jolly Ranchers. And he would put Jolly Ranchers in his mouth all day long. His tongue would get raw. Uh, but it was, he had to have something in his mouth uh, to try to replace that. Uh, music, you get rid of ungodly music, you know what you need to do? You need to get some good godly music and bring it in and start listening to it. I, I remember uh, when I got saved and uh, you walk into my room and you couldn't see the walls. It was all ACDC and Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden posters and uh, music was playing all the time. And I remember uh, was uh, I'd listen to that music and I'd go to church and people would listen to a special and they'd say amen and they were happy. And I'd think, my goodness, this is terrible. People are saying amen, what a blessing. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. Uh, and so, but I got convicted about my music. And I ripped all those posters down and my parents bought some cassettes of the Bob Wills singing family. God help us. It was terrible. Uh, and so uh, they, they were a singing family would travel and they'd, they'd come in, they sang and they had these cassettes and, and I remember listening. It was, I thought it was terrible. You know, after a while of listening to good music, I developed an appetite. You know, you don't really have to develop an appetite for sinful things. Our old nature just grabs onto it. Spiritual things, you have to develop an appetite for it. And I started listening to the good, uh, wholesome music, godly music, and it helped me with just that replacement. 
You know, in life, we've got to be very careful. Here they were fishing, nothing wrong with fishing. Uh, but uh, verse 15, it said, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Uh, the Lord was saying, Do you love me, uh, love these fish more than me? Do you love fishing more than me? Uh, do you love uh, these activities more than you love me? And, and the Lord is trying to get Peter to recognize that his actions were were telling a story. If you asked Peter if he loved fishing more than Jesus, he would have said, oh no. Just like we say, we don't love anything more than the Lord. But our actions say something different. When we live in a, in a in a knowing, sinful relationship, activities, actions. We, it doesn't matter that we say that we love the Lord. The Bible says, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, that love, there is, his love for us is Unconditional. But our love for him, it's not as pure as what we would like to think. And that love, it has been tainted, and it's tainted by this world that we're in. Have you ever got up and started your day out and thought, okay, now I'm going to spend some time with the Lord and uh, get things ready. I'll, I'll come over here early and get into my office and, and plan on doing things and and then all of a sudden, something will come up, uh, alert will come up, and I'll, oh, let me check my email. And then I'll check the email, and then it's, oh yeah, I got to get this done, let me throw this on my task list. And then you throw something on your task list, and by the end of the day, you recognize, what just happened to my day? And I can imagine the Lord looking and saying, lovest thou me? More than fill in the blank. The world, the flesh, the devil, they are throwing out lures all the time. And it's trying to grab our attention to get us to get sidetracked. So here we see that uh, this action... Uh, there, there, if you are not where you're supposed to be, you're where you're not supposed to be. So here, uh, our location tells something. Matthew 6, 21, he said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what we give to is what we love. And I'm not even talking about finances. I'm not talking just about our giving and our offerings. What we give ourselves to is also what we love. And we've got to make sure that we are allowing our life to exemplify that we do love our Lord and that He will sense that love. His love for us, we get to feel all the time. But how many things 
captivate our attention to where he does not sense the love that we have for him. You know, as believers, nothing is secular. Everything is sacred. He said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And our life is all to bring glory to God. Everything that we do should bring glory to God. And, and in that, we have this, uh, this man by the name of Peter, and he is being communicated by the Lord. And the Lord uh, asked him, Peter, lovest thou me? And this, this love here is an agape love. It's a deep abiding love. It's a godly love. It's a 1 Corinthians 13 love. It's the term that's used in 1 Corinthians uh, talking about love. And, and with this love, it's a love of great affection or care. And, and the Lord says, Peter, is that how you love me? And Peter's response was, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I phileo thee. It is, it is a term. In the English, we see love used in both instances. In the Greek, it is two separate words. One is a deep abiding love, and that is what the Lord was, was desiring from Peter. But what Peter responded with was a phileo love. That phileo love was a love that was, uh, I am fond of you. I like you. Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I like thee. Can you imagine, guys, if, if your wife said, Honey, do you love me? Surely. You know, you know I like you. Man, sparks are flying. Bullets are flying, maybe. <laughs> Depends what household you live in. But, but with that, here, Peter's response was a completely different word. You know, I'm sure that the other disciples heard the response. You know, people see. People are watching. And what we say doesn't always line up. We can say we love the Lord, but maybe what we really mean is, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm fond of you. I like you. I'm fond of, enough of you to come to church. I, I, like, I like you. And that was the term that Peter used. The Lord again, that second time, asked him, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter again answered, Yea, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I phileo thee. I like thee. I'm fond of thee. The Lord was asking for a love, and Peter was giving a like. The other day, uh, Miss Ingrid sent me something uh, dealing with the school, and uh, it was I think a interview went well with, or a tour of the school went well, and and so as I went to hit the like on the phone, that thumbs up, right next to it was a heart, and I hit the heart, and then I had to respond as like I meant to hit the thumbs up. 
<laughs> and, you know, that love, that like in real life isn't that close. And here the Lord, he wants us to love him. But that third time when the Lord said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? It was he used the word phileo. Peter, do you like me? Yea, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I like thee. Isn't it amazing that God will take what we give him? He'll take what we give him. But he should get a whole lot more than just the like. When our love falls short, you know, sometimes our love, it does fall short. We've got to recognize what's going on in our own heart, our own sense of love for the Savior, and whether or not He feels that we love Him, because He knows. He knows if it's a like, and He knows if it's a love. So tonight, as we look at this and that thought, when our love falls short, wouldn't it be great to be able to say, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I agape thee. I love you. I love you with a deep abiding love. I love you with a love that is a godly love. A love that is selfless, a love that is whole, coming to you in an honest love. And that's what the Savior deserves. Now, in this instance, we never find Peter showing that he had a deep love for the Savior. But somewhere along the line, it changed. Because he was willing to go to, the, go to the cross and be crucified for the Savior. We find that Peter, history tells us that Peter was crucified upside down because he was not worthy. He said, I'm not worthy to die the same way as my Savior. So somewhere along the line, that, that love, it truly was a deep love. And maybe it's a season that we're in. Maybe our mind is tuned into a business. Maybe our mind is tuned into school. Maybe our mind is keyed in with, uh, with our activities or our, our family or all these things that can draw our attention, thinking about summer and thinking about vacations and nothing wrong with any of those things, but the Lord needs to be number one. Lovest thou me. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for... Uh, just your word. I pray that you'd help us to apply it in our lives, and uh, Lord, help us to truly love you, uh, not just with a phileo love, but Lord, with an agape love. 
And Lord, we get to experience your goodness and your love for us. And I do pray that you would sense the love that we have and where we fail. I pray that you would just help us, draw us to yourself and help us, Lord, just to to love you a little bit more because we've been in your house tonight. And so I pray that you'd speak to hearts. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have a short invitation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.